future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. I have on three incredible, extraordinary women today, as usual, and uh, today is going to be Sylvia Garcia and Karen A. Clark from City National Bank, and they are really empowering women and minorities and I can't wait to talk about their incredible journeys to get to where they are right now and uh, what they're doing. It's exciting. And then later in the show, we're going to be talking to Genevieve Morell, who is the president of the West Hollywood Chamber. What a story this woman has. She grew up in a cult-like situation and we're going to be talking about that. You are not going to want to miss that. So stay tuned. Right now, please give a warm welcome to Sylvia and Karen. Hi, girls. Hi. Hello, Catherine. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm so impressed by both of you. Um, I want to talk about your backgrounds and how you got to doing the extraordinary work you're doing with such a wonderful outfit, which is City National Bank. Um, I'm so proud to say my partner, Deborah, her grandfather was one of the founders of that bank. Yes. And uh, so it's especially near and dear to our heart. And uh, I know it is to you all because you all have made amazing strides. I mean, here's a bank that was started really by wealthy Jewish men in this community, right? Yes. And that really is who they attracted for many years until mm -hmm. powerhouse women like you two came along and are just turning the whole uh, thing upside down. But th the thing that they've always prided themselves, I think, in is integrity. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so where so many big banking corporations today are in the news for lack of uh -huh. that very thing, it's so nice to know City National uh, really rises above the top of, of the banking industry uh, in that arena. Yes. Which I think everybody wants to know and trust their bankers. Yes. Right? Correct. But you two have stepped in and really helped in the area of women's empowerment and in multiracial uh, empowerment. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to talk about that. But first, I think people want to know a little bit about you two. Okay. So um, I know your dad was, uh, your parents came here from Mexico. They were. Right? Yes. So as a Latino woman, mm -hmm. uh, it's been a challenge. But what I love about you, Sylvia, is that um, so many women will sit on the sidelines at companies and say, I, I wish I had this position or that mm -hmm. position, mm -hmm. but they never ask for it. Right. And you were the first female financial advisor at this bank. Right. But it's not because they asked you. It's really because you you perpetuated it by asking them. Right. And uh, I know your story is that you were here training people for that position. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, hey, what about me? Yeah. You know? And luckily you had a male boss that said, oh, oh, yes. you want to do this? And yes. you're like, well, yeah, why not? Right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool that you actually work for a boss that recognized your talent and moved you into that position. Right. And we need more men to be supportive yeah. of women in order to make this equality thing happen. Correct. Yes. Right? Right. And I think it's important that you find your voice because I think we mm -hmm. all struggle with that, you know, and, and developing your career and, mm -hmm. and engaging people. But then that someone's there to help you up. You know, I think it's, yes. as women, I think I found a lot of support in Karen. She mm -hmm. She's a, an SVP, and she's really kind of embraced us. She identifies that we have the work ethic and the integrity mm -hmm. that she can stand by and advocate for us. Right. And I think it's real. that's one of the most important things. And then we collaborate. Mm -hmm. You know, we're collegial within the support that we provide each other. And I think that's really important, too, because right. a skill set is one thing, but then the camaraderie and the, the teaming together to be able to propel each other up. I think that's really important. I think it's key. There's mm -hmm. a lot of smart women, but yes. are we helping each other? Mm -hmm. That's what my 360 Karma community is about, and mm -hmm. I'm so happy that your bank got behind our Live, yes. Love, Thrive conference and She Tank because uh, we want to perpetuate women helping women. Yes. Uh, and I love that you guys are the exact wonderful example of that. Yeah. Um, and so your dad came here, your parents, as teens, as immigrants. 
Yes, right? they were about 13, yeah. 14 years old. Wow. But I, I'm telling you, when I, when you talk about integrity, yeah, you to me it's a learned, it's a <laughs> it's a it learned, is yeah it is because um, they live it every day. And I think I told you, um, it's to me there's no question about whether you have to have integrity or how you live with it because I've seen it every day. Right. And there's a consistency, and I know I'm lucky. Yes, I'm lucky in that. Yes, but it really has helped me along so that's why another yeah. thing that I, I think when you don't have a family structure you need people that support you like the partnerships that you have and Absolutely. if you don't have it at home you need to find it in strong women right. in a workplace mm -hmm. is a great place to find that because right. um work you're we're there a great majority of our lives so mm -hmm. it's good to surround ourselves with good people even if you don't have it in your family mm -hmm. you know uh it's all about finding your, peop right. your people it is, it is. Right? right because you yeah. do you know as women and i think you probably experience this too it is a what a good old boys club sometimes oh and yeah it's hard to penetrate well that. well okay let's start by saying when you became the first female there were 10 white men i'm yeah. sorry that were financial advisors <laughs> let's talk the truth here yes but now you guys have 15 financial advisors four are uh, non-white yeah. and uh, and you're still the only woman though right I am the only woman. yeah okay but so progress we're, you know? we're gonna make progress okay that. here that City National we might need some more <laughs> women there okay uh, but um, but what a wonderful example to all the banks out there right right, mm -hmm. right? I think so yeah. and I know you came from a corporate background with a large company Correct. and one of the things you mentioned to me was you liked learning from the big fi uh, corporation, yes. but you liked the private small town yes. integrity of something like City National, Correct. where uh, you're not selling products to benefit uh, the salespeople. You're instead the focus is on what is best for that client. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's the value system for City National. I think it's very easy for someone to be successful in an environment where the the best thing and the right thing to do mm -hmm. is the best thing for you as well. Right. So for example, where I was where we discussed, you know, the 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 way that you were trained or was this is what's going to make more money for you. So this is what you should sell to your clients. Right. And here it it comes from let's take a look at the client. What is their financial situation? What is the family situation? What are those dynamics? And then figure out a way. T tell me what you want. Tell me what you envision. Right. And let me figure out how to how to make that happen or how close we can get to that. And I, I think also too, it would just be my guess because it's my feeling that I think uh, a lot of women would prefer to deal with a woman. But you go into these institutions and it's basically all the financial advisors yeah. are men. Yeah. So I would think you have a real leg up there. Yeah. I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I do. And I, I didn't realize that. And a lot that of men like in. to deal with women too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that going in. And I'll tell you something. It's, it's, um, someone told me that maybe I, maybe I would have challenges working on the West Side because I'm not a, a, a Jewish man. And, um, Wait a minute! You're not? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever get there. But, <laughs> but um, it's interesting, you know. Some of these women who, you know, these older couples who are these Jewish couples, they'll gravitate to me maybe because they find a familiarity right. in something. And one of them told me what that what that sense of familiarity was, and she says, you know. I have a lot of Mexican workers that work with me, and I just love Mexican people. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I, it's funny because she meant it completely in a in a in a nice way. And, and I, I do find that uh, just the Jewish community in general um, are very accepting of minorities mm -hmm. and LGBT. I, mm -hmm. um, I think it's because of their background and what right. they went through and their persecution that they have a heart and a feel mm -hmm. for other uh, minorities. Uh, immigrants, uh, you know, LGBT. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. I think so. And so, if, if I could chime in great. real quick on on women and and finances, we did a study at City National Bank about four years ago on what drives women to make financial decisions. Yeah. And when we did the present out, um, you know, some months later, and it was full of all this data and research and insights. And of course, in the room, the women are looking at the presentation and they're hearing the information and they're kind of like, duh. And men are like, really? And what this what this study told us is that 
women do feel somewhat invisible mm-hmm. when they're talking to you know male financial advisors because the sensibility about the goals about you know touchstones and lives um, is a little bit different mm-hmm. and, and what the research showed us is that men and, and this is a generality but men are really interested in how is the portfolio performing just the, what's yeah. the bottom line right Women, we want to know how the portfolio is performing, but we want to know what's behind that and if my needs and my goals and all of the things that are important to me in my life are being considered in reaching those financial goals. I've always and believed that you have to talk to men and women differently you about do, finances. You, do. you absolutely And the one do. person that got that was Susie Orman. Yes. yes. I mean, brilliant. Yes. She yes. talks, she speaks finances in a language that women understand. Exactly. Because they do think differently. And we're much more emotionally yeah. connected yeah. to financial decisions. Right. And it really is science in the brain. Yes. That Our brains are connected right, right and left differently well, in men and women. And this is why I've been saying, and I think we all agree, is that we need more women in positions of influence mm-hmm. at every mm-hmm. company in every industry. Right. It's proven fact right. that companies are more profitable when they have uh, an equal Absolutely. amount at the top. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, this is just one of those things that it proves that that's, you know, and what you're saying. And it's, yeah. it's right. also a reason why banks rank very low uh, right down there with the automotive industry in terms of how females feel about the industry. Right. We don't have women that relate right. to women. Now, I love your story. Uh, so you grew up uh, in, uh, you were born in Ohio, was it? I was, I was born at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, right. Air you, Force brat. But yeah, but both your parents were in the both military, right? right? My mom so was you a, just yeah, my mom traveled was all over the world, We right? did. We traveled all over. Yeah. Every, picked up and moved every two or three years, and it was really a fabulous life. People say that must have been hard, but I'm like... No, because everybody we knew was doing the same thing. Everybody right. was coming or going, so you right. didn't feel different. Right. And it was it was really fabulous. It seems like, too, it probably has been a plus for you and what you do now because you're always meeting new people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm able to adapt so so very yeah. easily. And I have to tell you, we lived in Germany uh, long before, you know, I was a kid, so long before, not, not, not just social media, but you couldn't even, you know, look at a TV and see what was going on across, you know, the water. Yeah. And so we lived in Germany and we went to places where people had never seen black people and we were treated like royalty because wow. people wanted to <laughs> touch our skin and our hair and they wanted really? to, you know, explore me and my brothers That's and sisters thought wow this is so cool yeah. we are so different and this is so you cool. were rock stars yeah there. we were rock stars. <laughs> so my you know sort of being different was a good thing yeah. and and so i've been very adaptable you know and it's interesting how you got started in the banking industry thinking that you know somebody approached you i know after you had been studying for acting and things yeah. like that and that's that's still a love of yours and singing is. and yes. uh but and and it and i love that you do both because it's it's so you know i think it's a good message to say people can have a, a career and a passion mm-hmm. oh yeah you know mm-hmm. and i know you still are oh, yeah. recording well you know i was i was and, i was actually going to yeah. be the entertainer of the world uh, but with two, <laughs> with two little kids and no money coming in and my husband working for an indie film company I went to a headhunter with a degree in economics. That yeah. was my backup plan. And she said, I have an interview at Wells Fargo Bank. And I said, I don't want to be a teller. Yeah. That's all I knew about banking. Yeah. And I had, had friends who didn't balance in college and were always getting fired. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. But it was in commercial real estate. So I grew up in commercial real estate construction lending and right. has have been able to morph into you know a lot of really cool roles where right. I can use that creativity and you know my talent and, right, and right. Uh, you know to to really yeah, empower and, and inspire yeah. others. And you get to travel uh, all over the world and I mean all over the country, all mm-hmm. over the world. I, the well, I travel all over the, the country for the country. bank in our footprint. Yeah. You know we're yeah. we're in you know, five or six states. Yeah. Uh, so I do, and I've I've actually traveled for the past thirty years with Bank of America internationally, and then you know U.S. Bank uh, domestically. So I've been traveling for a long time. Mm-hmm. And and I want to talk about what you've done for City National with uh, regard to. Uh, you do the um, marketing, mm-hmm. multicultural and marketing, and multi- multicultural marketing mm-hmm. and advertising, uh, as well as the uh, diversity inclusion, diversity internally. development, mm-hmm. uh, staff development, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I want to talk about your journey here because mm-hmm. all these. I always say it's our obstacles that makes a, us who we are today, mm-hmm. and our strengths. And you're obviously a very strong, resilient woman. Uh, but let's talk about why. So 
you were married to this wonderful man. I was for 26 years. Fin mm -hmm. Finley, right? Finley Cleon Clark III. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, unexpectedly, out of the blue, after you were married 25 years. Mm -hmm, 26, actually. Heart mm -hmm. attack. Yep. Died at 50. And I can't, I, you know, you and I talked about that. I just can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you yeah. guys got together in college. We got he together in college. Friend. We actually got married nine months after yeah. we met in college. He walked oh, into wow. a student union meeting, and this voice in my head said, that's your husband. I'm like, what, are you crazy? Uh, uh, but he's awfully cute. But <laughs> we, were, we were married nine months later and had both our babies before we graduated from college. Wow. But this was uh, somebody who is just really a compassionate, uh, smart individual, and I, I wouldn't be who I am. I just wouldn't be. He um, just brought out the best in you. He taught me how to serve. Yes, yeah. he brought out the best in me and taught me how to serve. And just really taught me compassion for mm -hmm. people you know and the lord says you know to whom much is given much is expected in return and he really taught me that principle you know and how to how to utilize that and i i tell you i've just been blessed uh to be able to just be who i am and use my authentic self right. to help people and and it, it's been an extreme pleasure and i wouldn't be this person without without him right you know having now grown up in these little air force bases and he, he took me to places i never would have gone wow mm -hmm. and you know i know you said that he'd been with you the whole step and you'd never done anything without consulting him mm -hmm. or having him cheer you on yeah, and yeah, yeah. all of a sudden this person was gone like in yeah. an instant yeah uh i and i and i say this because maybe there's people listening that have experienced mm -hmm. the same thing where someone was taken too early or mm -hmm. too quickly mm -hmm. uh unexpectedly how did you deal with that yeah you know it's 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 one foot at a time but when he when he passed it, it uh you know was a huge shock of course he wasn't sick he wasn't sick this was a total right. you know unexpected fluke and you go outside and you see people and you're like why is the world still you know going on yeah. right he's, he's it seems gone. surreal but i tell you yeah. i uh, i did i you know i grieved of course and eventually you start having more you know good days than bad days and um and about three months after he had passed i had to really stop i, I it's like an epiphany hit me and it said hey wait a minute you know you haven't even you know thank god for 26 years and for wow. this person who you are now because of you know being able to be with this man what a wonderful and, uh, way to look yeah at yeah you know i'm it? like i had yeah. 26 doggone years i mean yeah. you know a lot of ups and downs but i tell you we had a life together and it wasn't just him cheering me on you know corporately and professionally but you know we did art together he was an artist as well you oh, know wow. he was a filmmaker he was a you know producer we produced artists we we wrote plays we produced plays we you yeah. know we 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 really had a uh a, a lovely life despite you know the storms that you know enter into a, a long-term right. relationship like that and uh and it's all good it's all yeah. good and i had no idea when he passed that our family would be able to thrive because we were all so extremely devastated right, of course on both sides and you know our kids but you know we have thrived i've got yeah. you know two more grandchildren since he Aww. you know has passed both my kids are in you know good you know marriages and um and, and we're, we're just we're all we're all very grateful life is for good. the life that we've yeah. had yeah. yeah well uh and you know it is all perception but it's good you took the time to grieve and i know you at that time you had like a, a brand new job yeah yeah like you hadn't even started a brand new yet, national right? job mm -hmm. wow yes, yes. And, and to start that without him you know that morning saying okay you know go for it you're gonna be you know yeah. great and when i when i drove to work that morning to start this job that i'd gotten six weeks earlier i couldn't even go into the parking lot because i'm like this is the first time right. i'm going into something new without you oh, know wow. my cheerleader and it was devastating but you know what got myself together put yeah. one foot in front of the other got my game face on yeah and uh you know has have just kept it moving but and i love that you said loss. there was a woman there that said take the time yeah. you need to grieve yeah, yeah and yeah. you come back and start when you're ready yes yes and gave you and i you, had a boss a woman who said don't worry about hr she said take the time you need which you know if we were compassionate as a a uh, yeah. you know country as yes. a corporate we wouldn't have a handbook that said you had, you get three days off when your oh, spouse dies or when right. your mother dies or your father dies or right. you know your child dies. I mean that's crazy, isn't it? Yes, to think it that is. people can recover that quickly. Right. So again, you know, just having good people in my life, I have been so fortunate to have good people in my life, which yeah. is why I always try to pay it back every day, yeah, every I can minute, see that. every hour. Yep. I'm trying, you know, try to pay yeah. it back. And she does. And you know, in your everyday life, you two ladies uh, are giving back. I mean, that's the way I see it. You know, just by, um, you know, stepping up and, and being a leader, both mm -hmm. of you, and uh, trying to make a difference. Now, I know you both 
just were instrumental in helping uh, expand the offices for this uh, bank yes, yes, uh, yes. into um, a different community than they normally would have been in, Absolutely. which is Crenshaw. Absolutely. For those that are listening and don't know, Crenshaw is... Uh, it's a well. It's a minority community. It's, a minority it's community. in a community that has both yeah. low income, middle income, and affluent, high net worth income. Right. It's a very mixed income community, right? And it's probably thirty percent Latino. You know, sixty five percent black, right? Five um, percent other. It is a historic district, and yeah. so we're taking our historic bank into this historic district. But to your point earlier, how the bank was started and who we have typically courted. Right. This is something brand totally new. new. So totally and you new. Kind and of we're so excited. Yes, yes, both of us. We're <laughs> yeah. both part of that effort. Yes. And uh, Sylvia is providing the, you know, in, investments and, and advice and, and that, that product and service. I'm, I'm running the, you know, the marketing lead on that. But this is so exciting for us because this branch, we have not only engaged every aspect of marketing that you can think of, but we are going into this community to serve this community mm -hmm. like you cannot believe. With financial ed, with health, with wellness, we're taking everything in there. And we've mm -hmm. got 90 colleagues that actually live in that district. Oh my gosh. So they have all rallied around. I mean, we're using radio, print, TV to teach financial ed at every level. We've adopted schools. We, we've got volunteers in that community. Wow, we've adopted parks. And we're, we're just, we're, we're we're embracing it and we're wow. so excited because this is a new day a new dawning for city national bank yeah. it really is you know and the world is sure changing is. the landscape is changing and we're trying to step up and you know be a you part know of what that. and if it wasn't for you women really leading that way you know i mean you're making a difference we are making yeah. a difference yeah and women you know what it's time right it's it time. is time as that's maxine right. said we had to reclaim our time i think <laughs> it's, that's right that's right we got a ways to go heck yeah uh, we're powerful but you know this is a great time to be a woman with all the yes. you know with all the bad stuff going on in the world and there is the good thing that is happening right now is there is a woman's movement and mm -hmm. it, we are we are yes. getting empowered at an accelerated rate yes because we're not standing for sexual harassment we're not standing for not taking higher positions of influence and uh it's like it out of our way I that's mean, right yeah and uh we have found but, our voice but in a positive way mm -hmm. i don't right. I, I mean you know i mean this in, it, it's the way it should be yeah. mm -hmm. it's it's been not this way for so long and we all know it's overdue and most men know it's overdue right. there's a so. lot of men in our court just look at the yes. uh, women's march and 50 percent men they get it and I think they want their wives and friends and daughters. daughters to do well. Now, one thing you and I talked about was that your dad would take you into the bank, and that's where you kind of got your interest in right. it. Uh, I think what you guys are doing is great, expanding into these other markets. And with, and I know it's important to reach the young people because mm -hmm. whoever people start to bank with is who they usually grow with, Correct. right? Uh, and I think it's so important to go after educating those young girls because you and I mentioned that yes. a lot of people would bring their sons to the bank, but not their daughters. Mm -hmm. So if they're out there listening, mm -hmm. bring your daughters to the bank too. Mm -hmm. And and start to educate your children on finances as children mm -hmm. and teenagers. I think that's one thing we all lacked was, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, 40, 50 years old, we're like, oh, we never learned that, that in school. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's right, that's right. So I just, love what you all yeah. are doing. Thank I know we have so to much, wrap Catherine. up, and I've loved having you both on. Thank well, you, we love Catherine. what you're doing, Catherine. Yes. Yes. I appreciate being here. Great conversation. And giving and us all a voice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so we will be back uh, shortly with uh, Genevieve Morell, and uh, stay tuned, and uh, be sure to stop in City National Bank and yes. see these ladies. They're doing great work. Keep it up, ladies. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Love, Thrive show, where we bring you powerful and positive programming about women and those who support women's empowerment. It seems by sharing their stories and showing us their talent and potential, they remind us of our own. We ask you to join us weekly by taking a minute to subscribe to our 360 Karma YouTube channel so you get to see every episode of these uplifting and inspiring stories. We all need more of this, yes? And did you know we have the Live, Love, Thrive book on our 360 Karma website and on Amazon? If you enjoy reading books of incredible women who are doing amazing work in the world, you will want to pick up a copy. Also, when you join 360karma.com, you will enjoy our growing video content of expert advice and support and learn about our workshops. If you would like to align with a like-minded, purpose-driven community, you will feel at home at 360karma.com. 
We encourage and support you to live the life you love. And we are back with Genevieve Morell from the West Hollywood Chamber, president of the West Hollywood Chamber, I should say. <laughs> thank you, Yeah, Catherine. how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Nice to be here. Well, uh, Lordy, you have such an amazing story. Uh, so I definitely want to talk about the West Hollywood Chamber and what you guys are doing. Great. I know you're a marketing partner for us with the uh, Live, Love, Thrive Conference. Yes. And uh, you all are doing amazing uh, work. And if people are have their own business they should definitely check out West Hollywood Chamber because this is an incredible city and you guys are an amazing chamber and we're going to talk about what you've done with it over the past decade but I always love to tell people's story because uh, uh, especially when you have such an amazing story <laughs> uh, you were telling me and I my mouth was my jaw was on the floor uh, you know you kind of grew up in this like cult yeah. And I was like, what? You know, I just, I always say we know people in the community, yeah. but we don't always know their background. Right, right. And I, I kind of doubt that many people in the chamber know your amazing story. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah. So I love this. It's my but, best um, kept secret. It, it, it's a great one. And uh, uh, you literally... Uh, grew up and now where were you born in uh well i was born in bainbridge island washington in washington right right, right. Mm -hmm. but Sound. moved around quite a bit even mm -hmm. overseas because this cult like had houses all over the country and uh, and and other countries right right it was called the um it was uh, founded by the world council of churches in 52 called uh -huh. the order ecumenical or the ecumenical institute uh -huh. um Does it, it, still exist it, today? it still exists as the oh. institute of cultural affairs which mm. was also a branch of it that did community development in uh different impoverished uh, communities across the world and villages etc it's and always odd isn't it when mm -hmm. uh these kind of entities they do good work right mm -hmm. but pull back the curtain and omg yeah right? the mission becomes uh yeah. it becomes mission before family basically so right. you know the, the mission is the primary uh focus and the family becomes secondary right um in a lot of ways and so, so yeah here you are as a teenager mm -hmm. at like 13 or whatever and and when, when did they join the cult? Well, I was seven. Seven. I was seven years old. Yeah, we okay. and we joined in 1968. We started getting involved before then. Um, in the in the in the mid 60s, my father was a minister in the in the Bainbridge Island and then Federal Way, and he was a Methodist. Bainbridge Island supposed to be so beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Right? It's very rural. Okay. So you probably um, didn't want to move from there. No, yeah. we moved to Federal Way when I was five, which is another little uh, sub suburb outside of um, Seattle, and uh, my father. Father just felt like he would shrivel up and die in some suburb preaching to the blue-haired, uh, you know, mm -hmm. old people. And he was very, my mother and he were very much involved in a lot of um, change in the world and very moved by the work of Martin Luther King and women's movements and they, a lot they of even different. marched with Martin yeah, they Luther mar King, right? Yes, I think and we have a photo. Yeah, the whole wow. family marched in 1966. We all wow. went to Chicago and went on the big march with Martin Luther King wow. and the whole now, was uh, that, big, um, big crowd. Was that tenuous? Uh, uh, being a white person in that, uh, yeah, right, right. Well, in 1968, in that, in that uh, yeah, march? we moved to well in the march. I, I think it was peaceful march. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember it. I was only five. Right. Um, but when we moved to Chicago, when I was seven, to the ghetto on the west side, that was very hairy. We lived in a seminary. We had guards walk us to school. We had the Black wow. Panthers at our school every day. Wow. And it was right after um, Reverend King had been shot, and so there was oh a gosh. lot of uh, race riots going on, and um, so it was very hairy they would move the children to the Bellarmine hospital across the street during gunfire and you oh know gosh. so we had a lot of yeah so it was um yeah so it was a very um it you know they felt they were doing some very and they were they were doing very profound work um community development that that particular um, inner city became Fifth City was the name of it, and we started to do um, housing development, preschool for children, um, now, open this parks, was that kind of thing. This uh, s sector that you were in, or is that before? This was. Uh, no, this was all part of the oh, Institute so, of Cultural so, Affairs. Yeah, so this was all part of their work. Oh, right. I see. So as a child, they became involved with this group. Right. And as a teen, uh, then they move you out into separate housing from your parents, Yeah, right? at about 13, they believed that every culture had a rites of passage from childhood to young adulthood, except mm -hmm. the Western culture. And so we um, were moved around to different houses and had different guardians and now did different work. Now, that had to be work. traumatic as a teenager? Um, to at the time, I think you just... You 
you're just really in you didn't survival know any mode. Yeah, you know, you're kind of mm. moved. Yeah, it was odd, and we were we were very much involved. But you also felt very righteous at the same time that you mm. were doing a lot of great, good work. Right. Um, I think that in retrospect, uh, you know, it, it, it gave me a lot of the great leadership um, skills that I have right. because I had to, um, you know, I was teaching youth forums in England when I was mm-hmm. 15 and working on um, uh, youth unemployment there and creating mm-hmm. jobs and uh, and a youth club where they could, you know, hang out and, and things like that. So we did a lot of really good work in different uh, communities around the, the, the globe. So but, it was... But at the same time, right. while this is going on, there's... You missed there's your family. Sexual abuse. You, you going missed your on. family. Yeah, I luckily my sisters and I were, were unscathed. But yes, definitely that was involved. You know, right. there were people. You know, there were people that really felt they were doing the work. You know, that you had communal living. You yes. know, and you you so you did invite that sort of you know and environment sometimes uh, separating the kids from the parents. Where where other adults had supervision of their kids, right? right? Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, so you up. had some of that. Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. You know, there right. were a lot of things, and it, depending on where you were in the year that you were in, um, things changed. You know, so right. people in the younger generation than me didn't have the same kind of experience as I did. You know, right. they had much better care. They were, you know, so. Um, and I'm not saying that they didn't have their own whatever issues they may have. All right. everyone's individual, and everyone has their own things but I think that it was um it was an experience that I, you know, again, I don't think I would change it. Right. And I, it was an amazing. All the positives. Ex- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that um, certainly there were there. There's been a journey for both my parents and my sisters in this and yeah. how we've dealt with it um, at the, you know, at the end of the day, you know, after right. after everything, you know. As, yeah. But yeah. it's certainly not your traditional life. No, yeah. no, not at yeah. all. Not at all. And uh, also, um you were telling me that everybody wore uniforms. Well, not uniforms. We or, wore we order blue. blue. Oh, yeah. Oh. We had we sort of had order blue, which order was sort blue. of the which yeah, which was yeah. which was kind of a uniform. Yeah. yeah. So I've we seen the pictures yeah. of that too. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so now, but at seventeen, you wanted to leave that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so at that point, you ventured out. And you were in Minnesota at the time? Yeah, I went to Minnesota. I went to school there. I was going to school at night. I was uh, working during the day. Trying to remember, or maybe I was working at night, going to school during the day. Who, yeah. who remembers? Um, yeah, and but then ended up in New York because you mm-hmm. had a love for acting. Yeah, yeah, wanted exactly. Wanted to go to one of the top schools there. Yeah, I went to Lee Strasberg when he was alive, oh, and wow. I studied with Geraldine Barron and Irma Sandri and Timothy Horn. Yeah, or is it Jeffrey Horn? Let's get it messed <laughs> up. Um, and um, yeah, and so I went to school there, and I was again going to school at night, working during the day. Um, you know, we You've part of when I've been I, a hard worker. Yeah, I've always been a hard worker yeah. growing up. I mean, we were working from the time we right. were very young. And yeah. um, we also didn't have any money. So, yeah. you know, so going to school was, you know, you'd get um, financial aid or, right. you know, different different ways so to continue your education. Living, it was like everybody worked and so you were taken care of like where you slept where you exactly ate. yeah uh, and you had some people that were within the house that you were in would have mm-hmm. outside employment the, their paychecks would go to a centrum a central mm-hmm. area if you were in the United States Chicago was that centrum and then all the different houses within the United mm-hmm. States got supplementary stipends for their family everyone paid into children's education everyone paid into sort of the communal fund mm-hmm. uh, and everybody got a supplementary stipend whether we got that money or not sometimes was the question of whether the the organization had the money to give um, so, so did your lived, parents yeah. eventually leave that mm-hmm. okay. yeah they left in the 80s and mm-hmm. so uh, it wasn't like Scientology where they wouldn't let you leave or it was some big issue to leave no I mean yeah. no I mean I think that certainly people uh, you know felt that you know I mean there were there were you know they felt like they had to you know kind of slip out quietly sometimes yeah. or yeah. you know some people just left you know it just depended some yeah. some marriages didn't make it you know one yeah. decided to stay one decided to leave right so yeah so it was all very um yeah, yeah. Well, i'm glad you have a good takeaway from it yeah, yeah. uh so 
from New York, mm-hmm. uh, you, you've you always um, ended up being like a magnet to these amazing jobs, right? Like they, they kind of just come your way. Well, I've so, been, yeah, yeah. I kind of I take kind of take on um, different industries, tackle different uh, projects. Um, when I was in New York, I worked for a magazine company and I did promotions and Grand Prix racing, Formula One racing. Uh-huh. Um, Omni magazine had just, uh, science fiction magazine had just started and so we did a spa- the Space Shuttle Columbia, the first space shuttle landing at I Edwards mean, Air Force Base. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. this I was just a kid, you know, yeah. and, and so, uh, you know, f- I had that corporate job uh, in 81 uh, and then I, um, I worked, when I landed in um, Los Angeles in 94, I, my resume came across the desk of a woman uh, who worked with the uh, Convention Visitors Bureau downtown. Now, what brought you here to L.A.? Well, uh, it really was originally the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I got out here, and I don't, you know, at that point I was teaching, I was directing. Um, so I had gotten involved in Seattle with a group called Book It. And mm-hmm. what they did was they performed short stories in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And so the narration actually became a dialogue. And it attracted to me as a director, and I wanted to direct D.H. Lawrence's Rocking Horse Winner. And so I put a, a company together, mm-hmm. and I started doing that. And while I was doing that, this job came across my plate to produce a show at Radio City Music Hall with Diana Ross and the Rockettes oh to gosh. promote Los Angeles in New York to the international market for a big travel industry event called Pow Wow, which was uh, was termed Pow Wow before it was politically incorrect to call it Pow Wow. It was really about nations, uh, you know, uh, leaders from different nations coming together to transact business. Um, what was it like working with Diana Ross? Because I just have to say... I saw her last year in Vegas, uh-huh. and I couldn't believe she's still amazing. Yeah, she is amazing. Yeah. She is amazing. There was yeah. a, a lot of... Uh, she, she, but she's a diva, right? She is a diva. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've well. heard she's mellowed a little bit. Well, who knows? We'll, we'll give everybody a break, right? Yeah. As we get older, we get a little yeah. chill, a little wiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's still got it. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, she, what exactly. a show she puts on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so you worked with her. So I, I did this uh, program, this uh, big event event uh, and we closed Rockefeller Center for a big reception for 72 countries 6,000 delegates oh my and gosh, um, wow. and it's a very important event for the the destination where they hold the conference so 95 was the it's kind of like the Olympics the the um, the city that's chosen the following year has to produce the closing night event the previous year mm-hmm. so Los Angeles had that um, opportunity in New York to showcase Los Angeles for what was to come in 96. So it was so successful that they hired me for that contract for 96 to produce the whole whole thing, which was uh, 300 people on 14 different committees, uh, airport committees, hotel committees, special events committee, three different million-dollar events every night. Wow. Um, um, And I thought it was a lot of work doing the Live Love Thrive conference. (laughs) Uh, 400 journalists. Uh, Yes, it's it's hard to do a conference. Um, So it it was a – but what – what happens at this conference is they actually make um, it's wholesale business, uh-huh. so it's a wholesale travel uh, market packaging, mm-hmm. and um, it's like taking one Disneyland, one Princess Cruises, and mm-hmm. one Marriott hotel, and I'm going to package it. I'm going to sell it to the travel agent, who's going to oh. then sell it to the consumer. Oh. And in this conference, they actually write three billion dollars in business, and a host city benefits ten percent of that, or three hundred million, into the economy. Wow. So that's why it's so significant because it gives back to USA Travel. Wow. Does that and still it's exist? Very, it's still exists. Oh, I'm, I'm not surpri- sure it's called powwow now. I'm surprised it, with the way, you know, it's uh, everything's on the internet now. Yeah. With the mm-hmm. giving, you know, yeah, I don't know exactly how it's changed, but I know Los Angeles had it and Anaheim had it recently. So, you know, they've we've um we had every, have it every 10 years, so to speak, but it was really significant and after that because it was such a large platform to shout from in terms of my name being all over that, yeah. uh, I didn't have to apply for a job after that. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. And, and so that's really what happened in, in Los Angeles was the the uh, the train kind of left the station. I said, let me see where this is going to take me. It yeah. took me to uh, running Pacific Park on the Santa Monica Pier when that first uh, got opened. Uh, and then um, Charles Cohen, who had just bought the design center, Pacific Design Center, had heard about me who from someone who knew about me and hired me to uh, run the Pacific Design Center. And for those and, that don't know the Pacific Design Center here in West Hollywood, it is monumental, fabulous location where all the designers are housed mm-hmm, and a right. lot of events go on there. And 
Yeah. Right. So you right. did that for nine years and then made your transition into the West Hollywood Chamber? Correct, yes. Yeah. I had been on the board for 10 years. And so um, at that time, I, I had jumped. I had uh, resigned from the Pacific Design Center to sort of do my love of the my, my directing, and um, I started this company called Books with Feet, which was uh, yeah. doing the short stories, and I had an LLC, uh, which did project management, and so yeah. sort of to be able to fund my love of the theater that yeah. I was doing, and so um, at that time, I resigned in June 2008. The yeah. economy took a dive in October. I remember um, that. It was, uh, I had a multi-million dollar proposal on the table uh, with some investors that went on the back burner uh, that was uh, it was a proposal for a huge uh multicultural venue oh, wow. and um, that kind of went on the back burner because of the recession and so at that time the chamber said would you jump in as interim director and I said I'll do it for a year and, <laughs> and that was seven and a half years later yeah. uh, here I am yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember moving to LA thinking oh yeah I'll be here a year or two and that was yeah. a d uh, uh, 12 years ago yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it happens <laughs> yeah yeah but what is it they say uh, life is what happens when you're busy planning it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah that's great, yeah. great. Um, well, I think that was John Lennon, wasn't it? I think maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, so tell me about the West Hollywood Chamber. Uh, what does it do? Uh, what makes it special? Uh, you know, I well, know you have your awards coming up. Well, we just awards. finished just it. Had we just that. had them, and yeah. it was wonderful. You know, um, West Hollywood is special. It and is. And West it, Hollywood. Um, that's why we do our event mm -hmm. there. I mean, it really yeah. is like no other city yeah. in the country, or I'll say even in the world. Yeah, It's very cutting edge. It's the mm -hmm. first to do a lot of things. A lot of other cities follow what is done in West right. Hollywood. Yeah, So it's it's, it's a trailblazer It's very city. forward thinking. Yeah. And, and I think it's also, you know, and it's diverse and it, it just all of those, you know, free thinking, nonconformist, you know. I, I feel that I probably was attracted to West Hollywood because of my upbringing, because of right. what you started talking about right. with my upbringing the with the underdogs with the Institute of Cultural Affairs yeah, minority, yeah right and so very much kind of you know that sort of need to change the world yeah. you know that I grew up in and Perfect that alignment that, that for you. exactly and yeah. and because a lot of um, people in West Hollywood who would say how can she you know I live in Marina Del Rey yeah. and I've been there for 23 years they said and I've worked in West Hollywood 18 of those who so said how can she care about West Hollywood if she doesn't live here you know, and it's kind of like, well, because I care about every community that I've worked with or for, you know, yeah, and sure. so, so it's a, it's a, and I don't think that you have to live there to care about the community. So Not I care only about that, uh, you probably shouldn't live where you work. Right. <laughs> right. Well, in some Sometimes cases, that's really good. Break. That's yeah. really good. So uh, it's, so the chamber was really instrumental in it, in it becoming a city because the chamber of West Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, believe it or not, was established in 1921. Wow. Yeah. So, you and I talked right. about that. So it's coming up on a hundred we'll years. Years old in a few yeah. years, and um, I was told uh, this. One of my colleagues told me that West Hollywood Chamber was responsible for this area not being annexed four different times when they tried to make it a part of Los Angeles. Yeah, a lot of people don't know it's mm -hmm. its own city. Right, uh, it's not part of Los Angeles, right. and. Uh, you enlightened me to the fact that it used to be called Sherman. Yes, there was I don't a, think I hardly. I bet no one listening knows that gentleman named Sherman yeah. owned it, and it was yeah. the town was called Sherman. Mm -hmm. And when Hollywood was starting to get so popular with movies and movie studios, and you had the Pickford Movie Studio here mm -hmm. in West Hollywood, which is now called the Lot. Um, there, the um, and you had Movie Town, which is now where Avalon Bay, yeah. where Avalon uh, is. They. Um, uh, Sherman decided to change the name to West Hollywood to compete with Hollywood. Right. So even though it was incorporated in 1984 as its own city, it was named West Hollywood in the 1920s. And West Hollywood oh. Chamber uh, was the Sherman Chamber changed to the West Hollywood Chamber in the 20s. Maybe in the 30s, around then, sometime, I'm trying to get the history, it was changed to the wet Metropolitan West Chamber, and then they changed the name back to West Hollywood in 1947. And it didn't become its own city until 1984? Wow, mm -hmm. that's pretty recent. Yeah. I, I have to laugh. I have a friend on the East Coast, and they uh, said, uh, I was saying, I live in West Hollywood. They go, oh, you live in Hollywood? And I said, no, we live in West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. and, and they said, 
well, what's the difference? <laughs> and I thought if you're not from here, you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was cute. You yeah. know, people, and it is probably why they did call it West Hollywood because everyone knew Hollywood. Yeah, even though they're so different from each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I was just going to add to what you said that the uniqueness of it that you can actually feel a difference walking, in, even though oh, there's yeah. no borders or boundaries that you can see yeah. physically look and feel different it, you're different just walking into it, it feel there's a feeling an energy that's very very west hollywood yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a cool place yeah. it's kind of like i always described it like uh if uh, la is like this big city but uh west Hollywood always made it feel like more like a little uh, hometown Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. it's becoming less that way because it's getting more and more crowded. But, but it, yeah. it, it's still I feel like it's more of a yeah. you know city feel than a, a, a you know town feel than a big city feel. Right, yeah. and it's one of the most densest dense populated areas. I think mm-hmm. we have thirty two thousand residents right. in one point nine miles. It's hip and happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you look at that, we have fourteen hotels. I think so. You know, and they keep like, coming. Yeah, and yeah. they're full. So I know. <laughs> so it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Well, people come here from all over mm-hmm. the world because yeah. they know mm-hmm. uh, how forward it is. Yeah, we have great yeah. new restaurants and yeah. you know, we have two restaurants just won the Creative Business Awards, the Cafe de Toile for community service and oh. Catch for as a, as a oh, West I Hollywood attraction. Oh, I love Catch. I don't know about the other one. i yeah. got to check that yeah. out. Yeah, we have a lot of great places. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, what do you like most about working with the West Hollywood Chamber? Uh, it, I take it it's a conglomeration of all types of businesses. Yeah, it's we're very much. Uh, we even have businesses outside of West Hollywood that want to be part of our chambers. Uh, that really, uh, that really reach the West Hollywood market or have some sort of business within that. Mm-hmm. And we have a great board, and the board sets the vision for the chamber and mm-hmm. really looks to what we want to accomplish. I think one of the most important things a chamber does still is advocate for the businesses. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things people don't know, they think chambers are uh, part of the city, or they think that they're funded by the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, itself. Um, we're not. Chambers are uh, specifically independent private mm-hmm. organizations, even though they're nonprofit business so it's associations. All by membership. It's by membership. It's mm-hmm. by fundraising, like the Creative Business Award event, mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. fundraise and raise money. We get some money from the city for services that we provide. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're working on a small business task force and a homeless committee to help with the homeless issue that mm-hmm. a lot of our communities are having around Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm seeing that blossoming mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, we're, it is everywhere. Right. So yeah. we're, we're, we do a lot and then the small business task force is really um, charged with looking at how do we work with the city and economic development Mm -hmm. on different scalable fee structures for businesses because Mm -hmm. what's really um, starting to happen is because it's so popular as Mm -hmm. you just said Mm -hmm. the real estate starts to go up Mm -hmm. and then you lose the ability to have those unique ma pa type businesses Mm -hmm. the small business owner uh, because then Mm -hmm. you can only sort of afford the formula retail nothing wrong with a mix of formula retail I think it always helps but I think that what you want to save is that uniqueness that makes West Hollywood so great and if you look at some communities they're able to to keep that thriving so we want to be able to do that and one way to do that is look at how do you create scalable fees for businesses that are smaller than maybe the 10,000 square foot or above you know how do you create signage programs that are a little less expensive how Mm -hmm. do you help to streamline so that they're not in a five-month wait uh, Mm -hmm. paying rent before they can open Um, a lot of small businesses just can't afford that they can't even afford 30 days so you help them get so through we that. help them get through that right. yeah mm-hmm. so um what does it take to get involved they just sign up for membership sign up for membership westhollywoodchamber.com mm-hmm. or wehochamber.com i should say yeah wehochamber.com and not dot org dot com, dot right? com right. and um and mm-hmm. uh and then you have monthly events for them to mm-hmm. meet other businesses monthly and, mixers yeah. and new member orientations yeah. um we have our membership manager dana is going to be starting something called Power Partners, mm-hmm. where we can put same like industries together to really start to again transact business and mm-hmm. um, make okay. relationships. And and how yeah. many members do you all have? We have five hundred members. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. And yeah. I know you've grown it substantially since you took mm-hmm. over. Yeah, yeah, we've doubled the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and we've great. grown one team member. We had a team of three. We have a team of four now. Yeah. So we, we're growing. Uh, we grow yeah, from we grow. like 300 to 500 mm-hmm. members. Yeah, right? when yeah. we first so took over. Doubled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've, it's been a, a, a really great 
journey in taking the chamber from sort of your traditional ribbon cutting chamber mm -hmm. to a chamber of the 21st century, of really right. a chamber of the future, because we really looked at it and we said, how are we as a chamber going to be relevant to the member, to the business community? Yeah. And not just a member. A member gets special benefits. They get discounts. They get special promotion. Right. But, you but you just to, help to the them grow their business. Right. Grow their business. Yeah. And, and you also want to be um, an advocate for the entire business community of West Hollywood. Right. So well, it's I, like, I know you're a good connector because uh, I know more joined and then you connected me with somebody who became a sponsor of our conference. Great. So, oh, I'm yeah. glad we could do something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's Great. good. good. It's yeah. good. That's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. about uh, connecting and networking. And I always say uh, the best way to network at something like that is not to go into these uh, chamber meetings or any type of networking with what's in it for me, but go in with uh, what can I do to help other people in there right. and then the rest all falls into place but it's a great place to meet friends mm -hmm. uh, and and figure out what you can do to help other people and mm -hmm. then you know that comes back to you and right. makes and it more pleasant to, to network because a lot of people think oh chambers do I want to go do I want to mm -hmm. network but if you go with that attitude mm -hmm. not of what's in it for me but who could I go and, right. and help out you know? Well, and Catherine, it's all about yeah. the members. It is about you. You yeah. know, it's about the members, and I think that's what we really had to put back in the equation, that the top of the hierarchy is the yeah. membership and that we really work for you, the right. member. And so we had to look at what's the difference now. Not everyone can get out from the cash register of the office to go to a networking mixer, right. and not everyone benefits from that. Right. So we looked at economic drivers in the city, and we said, how can we create promotional platforms that help drive and extract targeted business for you? Mm -hmm. It's niche marketing, basically the chambers don't typically do mm. because you have a hundred categories so how can you niche market to all these a hundred right. categories but right. if you look at industry drivers and you say okay we have a great entertainment industry events market hotel venues um, a lot of different people in the creative innovative mm -hmm. so we started creative meetings and events platform that and we just did a mailing to 4,000 meeting event planners nonprofits and corporations to come and have your meeting and event right. in West Hollywood so if you're a photographer a florist a venue a caterer right. um, you'll benefit from that we looked at the fact that we have a design district and we have all of these buildings that are being built and development all over Los Angeles and why not source locally to get hardware or lumber or fabric or uh, a faucet yeah. or you know or Bring, furniture keep it, keep it, in keep your it local yeah I keep it that. local and we're doing yeah. shop small right now and yeah. so weho chambers slash dot com slash shop small um, uh, Steve Valentine I have to give a shout out for him he's been amazing Valentine PR um, has been working with um, the Shop Small American Express program and our partners in New York to really create a, a wonderful program. And he has um, different celebrities in different shops, on, which is this Saturday. Oh, cool. And shopping local. And all of our stores are participating. And they have, we just got a street team from the LGBT Center. And they went out yesterday and they got posters in all the windows. And so if you and drive is that down on the street. any particular street or it's, all the it's streets? All, it's all the streets. Oh it's God. all over. I'm going um, shopping. West Hollywood. It's so this. It's tomorrow. It's it's Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, Saturday after Thanksgiving. Uh, shop small. Shop small all Saturday. Around. Yeah, I love all that. All around in different communities, but great. West Hollywood's the best. So great. come to West I'll Hollywood. I'll see you at those shops. Okay. All right. All right. Great. Thank you for being on. Thank you. Uh, the chamber's doing wonderful things, and you are just a wonderful leader there. Of course, woman leader. Thanks, uh, and uh, just keep doing great stuff. And I hope people will right. join the chamber. And uh, we'll be back next week with some other great guests. So stay tuned and uh, make it a great week with Thanksgiving and uh, hugs and happiness. We'll see you then.